Hello! I am so excited! Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited. We have an amazing superwoman who has joined the Superwomen Can podcast today. I'm going to introduce her very shortly. Her name is Sadia Ali. But before I do that, I want to remind you that the Superwomen Can podcast has been created for women of colour to smash past every narrative that told us that we cannot, because we can, we are super women that can. And we are going to do an amazing, this is what's amazing about the podcast is that we bring successful, amazing women onto every single episode to tell you how to do it. I'm all about the how, I've heard all the what's and why's, but we're here all about the how and how you can overcome all the barriers, the imposter syndrome, anything that's holding you back so that you can really accelerate in your career, your business and your lives and to have more money, more holidays, more everything. And on the subject of money, we have the perfect person over here. <laughs> now, Sadi Ali, without further ado, it is over to you, my dear. <laughs> okay, so hi, everyone. I'm Sadia. I run a financial literacy company, empowering people to take control of their finances. I worked in a corporate world where I managed over 40 billion, left two years ago, and then last year I was able to set up my own financial literacy company for a whole host of reasons that we're probably going to get into. But yeah, so that's, that's a quick introduction of me. Thank you for telling, sharing a little bit about yourself. Did you say 40 billion? 40 billion? You summarize accounts for 40 billion. Okay. Not quite where I am yet, just yet. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day. One day. Yeah, not too far off, may I add. <laughs> now, I know that you're making quite a ripple right now. And I know that as a woman of colour, we definitely need this. We need finance back. We need the skills. We need the knowledge. We need the tools. Tell me. Just start off, just tell me more about exactly what you do and how you help women and women of colour and people in general to really accelerate in their finances. I'm dying to know. Okay, so we provide the literacy, the knowledge, the coaching, the mentoring and the accountability to help you crush your financial goals, whatever they might be. So we have this whole thing, my company's called Wealth Lissardia. And we have this whole ethos that wealth can be anything that you want it to be. So whatever your goals are, we help you get through your challenges and get towards them and in, take away all the, break down all the pieces of the puzzle and get towards them. Because finances can be so scary and they can be this huge thing. And people get so freaked out that they don't even tackle it. But we just take all the scaries out. We provide the one-on-one -on -one coaching the accountability, the support to guide you through. Yeah, and I think definitely yeah. we need that. I'm just thinking back to when I, first of all, when I started working, I was only young, 17. I had no clue about my finances and I went to work in the finance sector and I remember getting my first salary going, oh, my days, I'm pretty much rich. <laughs> and then spending the entire amount straight away because I had it. And then the next month would come and I would just spend it. I couldn't even tell you what I was spending it on. And then the bank would go, oh, here's an overdraft. And I'm like, oh, my days, even extra to spend. Then I'd spend yeah. the overdraft. And then I was like, now all the overdraft and then my money would come in it would be taken over by the overdraft 
And then I'll be like, I still feel like I've got money, but I haven't because technically I'm borrowing money, the same money every single month. And so my life continued like that. And I never, ever learned how to manage it, really. I didn't until I went into business. I was like, oh, my days, shock culture. In fact, it's probably when I met my husband. Let's face it. My husband is (laughs) is a saver. He's met his match with a spender. And he's no, it's not. This is not going to happen anymore. And he helped me along the way. But I really want, you said there's accountability. I really want to know exactly. I know you said there's accountability. You help people. But I want to know exactly what you do. What is it that, like, how could you help someone like me who's constantly just impulsively spending? I'm impulsively spending. Yeah, so you hit the nail on the head. Like, making the money is one part of the coin. The second part is how to manage it knowing how to use it strategically and position it in a way to make it grow and I love the fact that your husband helped you along your way because we always talk about marriage being like a, a wealth hack it can literally take you all the way up towards your goals or come crashing down so you definitely go faster together in any direction <laughs> so, so yeah so we so it's completely bespoke right now it's just a one-on-one coaching so it's completely bespoke to your goals so in our first session We'll map out where you want to get to. So your big goals will break all break my, them down. My goals is to be a millionaire. Let's just face that, okay? So okay, love it. Listening, I want to just <laughs> put it out there that I'm a big believer on putting big, massive goals. Go for the biggest goal and then work your way towards that. So let's say I'm. I know. Let's say I am going to be a millionaire. I'm not far from there. Billion may be a bit harder, but let's just say <laughs> million, the big mill, multi million. Yeah, okay. So I love love that you're dreaming big. So the first thing is obviously to be like look at where we are. So do a financial audit to see what's going on. What is your income? What's your expenditure? Where can we strategically place some of that money to grow? If you want to be a millionaire, then we definitely need our income to be exceeding our expenses by a lot. And then we need to be investing that. So we need to get to the point to invest and grow that money so that you can become a millionaire. But there are some steps that you need to take before and that are vital. Like, for example, so like this building wealth has like historically and notoriously been associated with a very particular type of person. And my whole thing is that I want to break that down because women of color, anyone can build wealth. All you need to do is learn how money works. Honestly, you need to learn how money works. So yes, to become a millionaire, absolutely start investing. You need to invest in cash flowing assets that provide an income. Because it's very unlikely that you are going to become a millionaire with just just your income. It's just, as you said, like you literally will spend up to what you make. That's just how it goes psychologically. Like the more you make, the more you spend. So you have to place them strategically in cash flowing assets that provide an income so that over time, not only is it providing you an, another income, but it's giving you increased amounts of freedom so that you can start that business, you can follow that passion. But as I said, before you get to that investing stage, you've got to place the right step, like foundation down. It's so important to place the right foundation. So if you aren't from that stereotypical background of someone who builds wealth, we've got to look at your mindset. We've got to look at your comfort position. So I don't know about you, but I've been in a situation where I've been earning a lot. The other day I was reading that 51% six-figure earners are living paycheck to paycheck. Six-figure oh, yeah. earners living paycheck to paycheck. That's quite, that's, that. 
and I actually think that's a, that's not accurate. I think more people, more than 51% do, because mm-hmm. it's just so easy, right? So we need to think back to what is your comfort position around around money? Like, why are you always spending all your money? Did you have good financial role models? I, I so as I was saying, I've been in situations where. I would literally burn out all my money. I, did, I could never get ahead with money. No matter how much I made, I was always chasing another promotion, another client, another paycheck, like constantly until I learned about how money works. And obviously I was lucky because I, I worked in, a, in an environment where, where I learned that, that high income skill. So I was really lucky, but I know most people don't ever even think about how to manage their money, especially if you don't come from that background. You're never going to think about investing and if you don't think of the investing, how are you going to think of the steps beforehand like to lay that proper foundation? So mindset is key. I'd say we'd definitely have to look into your mindset and see if you've got that million dollar, million dollar mindset. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you, I think you did some good things there. So one thing you're talking about was growing your money. But then you talked about mindset. So I want to talk about mindset. I want to go to mindset first, and then we're going to talk about the growing bit. Because you said yeah. mindset. And I know, especially as a woman of colour and those who are listening, and allies as well, women in general, our mindset, let's just face it, is one of the, our biggest blockers. And because we keep getting told these negative stereotypes all the time. Last yeah. year, I had to do a lot. I started my business. I had to do a lot of mindset work. One, because... And it took me ages to understand what is it? It wasn't a fear of failure for me. It was actually a fear of success because my narrative is that black women have to work twice as hard to get half as far. Now in the business I've gone into, that is not the actual truth. You can really do extremely well. And I was like, wait, this is not as hard as I've been working for the past 20 years. It isn't the type of money you get you could make that in you could make that in a month what you weren't in a year and things like that so very different world and my mindset is I, I had to work out I was one of those kids that when people go oh maybe you heard the words or oh, what was it money grows on trees I heard that all the time but I was no, one of those don't kids, like that yeah and I was, I was one of those cheeky kids that would go where does it grow from because paper grows on <laughs> money is paper is trees so it does technically grow from the trees and I'm <laughs> just sit there going you uh smart fans <laughs> so these <laughs> things that people said I, I used to laugh like anyone would talk about money I'd be like oh the typical things you'd hear is this and I that wasn't mine so that wasn't my story my I was a cheeky kid so that wasn't it my mum actually gave me something which has helped me in my life which is really odd and it won't, won't make sense to you in my hand I've got like a well it's, it's actually gone now but in my hand I used to have a birthmark and this birthmark she just randomly said when I was a kid Oh, this birthmark means that you'll always have money coming into your hand. You'll never be without money. <laughs> so guess what? I grew up always thinking I would always have money. So even if I was down to my last penny, I knew it's all right. <laughs> money will just come back. And I guess love what that. Happened? Money will come back. But one thing she didn't, one thing she also said, which is actually was my default, and I didn't know. She also said one thing, and I think that she ruined it by this, these, just this word. And it took me a whole year to figure it out. She said, money comes, money goes. Bullseye. I have no problem making money. I have no problem having money. The problem I had was money coming and then money quickly going. And I was like, where are you going? Come back. And it's fine. It'll come back. But then it just, as quickly as it came, was as quickly as it went. And that Mm -hmm. was my mindset. Like, seriously, my mindset. Dealing with that has been quite 
an interesting one for me. And I'm guessing individuals who are listening right now will probably have their own money story. And that's what you work with, isn't it? Yeah. That was mine. And I had to, t- to change, not change the words as such, but change how I felt about those words because they're really ingrained. So now I say money comes and money goes to me. Money, I, I had to make a destination, right? Money comes and money goes straight back to me. It's, it's always <laughs> here. It doesn't go anywhere. I love that. Yeah, it comes I love to me. The, the, the I... to, to always feel neutral towards money. We always want to feel neutral towards money. We don't want to idolize it. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to, we, we don't want to be desperate for it because we obviously we know the laws of price and whatever you, you want to be really neutral and you want to definitely feel gratitude towards the things that it can do for you. But as I always say, money is the tool. I get a lot of hate. For what I do I don't even have a huge following and I get so much hate because I talk about money and, and like you can't talk about money especially not in in England anyway <laughs> it's such a taboo it's, it's quite taboo it's taboo in the world so obviously has to be a bit extra in the UK doesn't it <laughs> yeah it's you've got to have got to feel neutral got to, got to feel neutral but massive gratitude for it mindset is definitely key and I love the fact that you're perspective towards what you what you got from your mum because we do we inherit money beliefs from our parents so it's really important that you mention that actually because you need to go back and we often I have to do this with my clients but we look back at their money story what are they telling themselves what have they been led to believe their whole life what have they inherited in terms of money beliefs and then we most often that is the biggest challenge that's the biggest challenge people don't like you talking about money that's an interesting one as well because in the UK we are really subtle we are really <laughs> subtle and then in America it's you've got to be really clear like I had I slightly changed my title to say I want you to accelerate and my coach is to what and I was like to accelerate we're in the UK we can't say what we're accelerating to higher heights of course and what, what is the higher heights you're aiming for and I was like Everyone that comes to me needs to be earning. I'm going to get them to a six figures or more. That's mm. it. Because in the UK, six figures or more, the, we're told is an unachievable amount unless you are a big shot. And actually it's not, it really isn't. So that is my figure and that's my strategy. So that's interesting that you say that. And as soon as I change that, I was like, I'm going to change it. Except <gasps> <laughs> clientele started contacting generally the ones abroad. Funnily enough, isn't that interesting? Because that's what they gravitated towards. They, that made sense for them. So you mentioned, I, I just can't believe you'd get hate. Hate. Tell me a bit more about that. What kind of hate would you get? Yeah, people talking about stop being obsessed with money. Money isn't the end all and be all. Money doesn't make you happy. Obviously, you can't buy happiness, but that's an internal thing, right? Work on yourself for sure. Be happy within. But that goes for anything, doesn't it? You can't be happy. No one can make you happy. Pardon? Yeah, no, money can't, I don't know. I hear money can't make you happy, but what you get with money can. Yeah, that money is the most incredible tool. I don't know how anyone can't see it like that. Yeah. I know I'm biased, but <laughs> of, of course, if you're not, if you're deeply unhappy, money's not going to buy, you can't go to the shop and buy happiness. You can't buy being happy. But money it's such an incredible tool. If I just talk about myself, like it's given me so much freedom in my life, like being able to leave the corporate world, being able to work on my passion, being able to start a business, 
I work like maybe three, four hours a day max. Uh, I have client calls on two days of the week. Like I really own my schedule. I worked in the corporate world where I was a slave. So if I hadn't positioned my money and known what to do with it and used it as a tool that it could be, like I would not be in this position. I spend copious amount of time with my parents. In corporate, I would never be able to do that. I don't have kids yet, but if I imagine when I do, I'll be able to travel with them. What, I'd love to hear from you. Like, what has money done for you? Because obviously you're a successful business owner. So How it changed your life? I've traveled a lot. So I travel with all my kids. They've gone to everywhere from Malaysia, China, Saudi. No, we didn't go to Saudi Arabia. We had people who came to us from Saudi Arabia. We went to Qatar, Dubai, Europe, America. And I'm hoping this year we get to Jamaica. Yeah, we've been America. America is a big place. We've been Canada. America, we've been to Florida. We've been to Ottawa. We've been to Chicago. We've been to LA. We've been to New York. Nice. We've been, yeah, I've had a, I have had a good life. I had a good life. And I say- my Isn't tra- that the most incredible yeah, thing about think- starting a business? Right. Yeah, so for me, it was it's important to have freedom. So for me, money- it is not important in the sense that it is important for what it can give you but for me it's about freedom I did not expect to be a mother of six children I left <laughs> the corporate world as well I didn't think that this was going to be my life I didn't know where I was going to what I was going to do it, it was all about purpose and passion and saying I need to make a change and I wasn't sure how I was going to do it I just knew I, I needed to do that and I'm grateful yeah. I'm grateful that I get to impact so many people and businesses and then get to have freedom because of it. And it spills into the communities that I am empowering black and ethnic minority communities, women to accelerate in their careers. That's empowering. That's freedom for me and others. That's what I want. So this is what money does. Yeah. And I think we do need to speak about it because we're being told to be ashamed of it. Absolutely. one hundred percent. I think anything that anyone says that you shouldn't talk about, talk about it more. I'm just going to start talking about it more and more. No one's going to stop me. I think I read a couple of months ago. I read that we're more comfortable talking about sex than money. Which, like for me, I'm just like talk about what you want, but let's talk about money as well. <laughs> Everyone's, especially in in the UK. Like I, I don't know about you, but did you have you ever discussed salaries like before you start? Obviously, as a business owner. It's different. Everyone's quite open. But do people discuss their salaries? And are they open about that? I think it's a little bit different for me because my background's HR. So all I talked about was salaries, other people's salaries. (laughs) So I always knew what was going on from a salary point of view. I knew what mine was. I knew what people... And yeah, so salaries is probably different. And we would advise people, especially in the UK, don't disclose your salaries to people because we didn't want other people knowing someone was on higher than the other and such forth and getting the yeah. union on us and things like that. So I think yeah. um, I think salaries was quite is a delicate subject in the UK. But I think for me, mm-hmm. from HR background, it became quite the norm. Money was the normal conversation. How much someone wanted to earn was a normal conversation. So that kind of helped me to see money differently it's a means to an end I want to competitive means what to who I want to know exactly what you're going to pay me I'm interested so you we talked about mindset and I think mindset's powerful and you talked about how to understand and you know what 
I guess there's some people have trauma when it comes to money. Yeah. Trauma. Yeah. If you watch parents make continuous bad decisions or it was related to like family problems that you saw your parents struggle or you or you saw your parents work so hard to scrimp and save every single penny to give you a better life that it can lead to so much guilt it can lead to so much guilt and that can transpire in the way that you feel about money and the way that you spend it or don't spend it or I used to feel so guilty going out and and spending money on myself but I just felt I make all this money I should not be I should not but then it would go anyway it was this weird sort of mindset it was like strange but I saw my parents work really hard I know other people have that as well especially when you have parents that weren't born here they worked so hard to give us the life that, that, that they did and yeah there's so much like trauma that can be found in your money beliefs so I definitely think that one of the main things if you are on your financial journey is to go back and unpick some of the things that you believe about money that you might have inherited from your childhood and it might not be have been things said to you like money doesn't grow on trees it could have just been what you saw so bad financial decisions being made or as I said parents working really hard and and scrimping and saving to give you a better life look at all those things and really think about how it might be affecting you now and your decisions around money so definitely mindset I love that. So when we talk about mindset, the next thing you said, I don't know if it's the next stage in, is that you talk about now look at ways to grow your money. Now I like that idea. I like that because yeah, like money grows on trees. So there's lots of leaves on trees. Money does grow on trees. So (laughs) tell me how we can grow your money. Yeah, so that's definitely like the latter stages of your journey. You definitely want to look at money management tools before. So look at your, obviously, like deep, dig into your mindset, then do a financial audit of exactly where you are. Like people don't track. You've got to track your money. You've got to track your spending. It's so important. Like we've saved thousands for clients just with this step. They have no idea where three, four hundred pounds is going every month and a target run that you're making. Like what about that? Or but you don't realize because you, without tracking, it's like in your head, it's just not enough. Like when my when new clients are like, yeah, I just do it in my head. I've got a really good grasp of it. No, you haven't. You have to come up with some sort of system, whether it's a spreadsheet, whether it's pen and paper, whatever works for you, do you, but track, really understand where your money's going. Then you want to look at money management tools. So for example, you, you need to be, I talk about this so much, like an emergency fund. Everyone needs to have an emergency fund. There's so many people yes. in the UK that don't have a penny to their name and they'd have to go into debt. They'd have to go into debt to cover like their fridge breaks or any random little thing like that's not good. And that's definitely something that you want to have in place before you look at growing your money. So have a look at money management tools. Have a look at high yield savings accounts. It would be important. Great place, especially now with interest rates going up to curb inflation which actually came in higher than expected in, in the month of April. Definitely look at high yield savings accounts, have your savings in there. You can have instant access, but it's you can get like 4% right now, which is like the difference of 10p in your current account or earning £40. It's like, why would you? It's free money. Definitely look at high yield savings accounts. Another thing that I think is really important is having different pots, like having your savings, your emergency funds really important. And then having, so your saving for a house deposit or a wedding have that in a separate pot that's called a sinking fund like an expected cost having these different pots and 
putting them in different places like that is so good to keep organized but then yeah once you've got a good grasp of what's going on and you've utilized tools like are your savings accounts and things like this looked at your credit score and, and all of that then definitely you want to start growing your money as you mentioned which is what you're excited about yeah, so yeah investing. So i want to go back a step because you said having the pots and i did read a book it was profit first and i was reading the one for ethnic minorities because obviously yeah. we have a little bit more of a background in terms of money and it was saying having seven accounts and that kind of helped me because when i was i read this book before i set up my business that was the first step yeah. And I was like, seven accounts, that makes sense to me. So then I had, instead of having one account, my husband was like, what are you doing? I said, I'm setting up all these accounts. For what? Because I'm setting my business up. And he was like, why? Because Profit First said. (laughs) So that's why. And I I went and I got an expense account. So I've got an expense account. I've got a tax account, a profit account, an income account, and then I remember the, then the bank said, you can't have any more accounts. What must you have got? I need another two more accounts. So I've got a savings account in my other personal account. My account is obviously my personal account as well. So I had to work out where are these accounts and what's going on with them. And my husband was like, what are you doing? And I was like, one thing I don't want is the taxman coming, telling me yeah. I owe 20 grand and I haven't accounted for it. So every time I get an income, take a percentage 20% I probably will get some money back but at least I take the worst case scenario put it into the tax account so that's what okay. I'm able to do and but yeah. I actually didn't realize that one of the pots that I did do when you said pots maybe I've got a bit better over the years from when I started out is I had a birthday and I need to set this one up because I haven't got it now because I smashed it those little like smashables those little pots like, that you smash like oh a, yeah Piggy, it's a piggy. What do you call it? Money box. Money box, whatever it is. You smash them. You can't open it. I started putting money in them. And then I say that. And what I did, it was psychological. I wasn't saving any money in it until I said, my birthday will be as good as whatever is in there. It came from putting the odd (laughs) two pence in there, two notes, 20 pound notes. I want to have a good birthday. And then whatever's in there, that was how I'm going to spend my birthday. So then last year I smashed it. There was about 350 pounds. And then I went out and I like, did my nails and went to the cinema at something and nice. the spa. And I used that's how I that's how I had my birthday. So nice. I like the idea of pots. How do you use your pots? So I'm very aware of the of profit profit first. Um it's a great book. However, I'm someone for simplicity. I'm not really, I don't really like these one rule suits everyone. I really don't like that. I just really don't like that. I think it's so bespoke. I think it depends on each person. If having seven accounts works for you, then you do you. Don't have seven accounts. (laughs) I've got six because the bank didn't let me have any more. (laughs) (laughs) I simplify things as much as possible. I have my savings split into like emergencies and then if I'm saving for something so I've got a couple of accounts I've got maybe three accounts max because I want most of my money to be growing in investment accounts I don't want my money sitting there I only want my emergency fund in a high yield savings account because I don't know when I'll need it right I don't want that wrapped in investments in the stock market I don't know when I'll have a financial shock and I'll need that money because if it's in the market I might need to take it out at loss and you never want to do that. 
And you don't want to be losing money, right? So you want that in high yield savings account. And I'm a big believer of saving for something. I don't just believe like keep saving, keep, no, beef your emergency fund up, keep saving for something specific. If you're having a wedding, if you're saving for a deposit, holiday, wherever it is, save for those things. But when you're done saving for those, please don't carry on saving. Put that money to better use. You can get a better rate in the market investing. Yeah. So that's how I see it. No, I like that. And what I like about that is the fact that you can bespoke something for an individual's needs. So I like that because everyone's different so I agree with that that's and that's what you do that's the difference for you is that you're bespoke and you tailor it to your in the, your the individual coaching which is gold isn't it you can't get that from a book sorry profit first but you can't that's the idea for that's going to do mass isn't it and you are doing it for one individual exactly which is perfect so tell me then how do we grow like how do we like start to grow our money because we all need this so listen out now this is the (laughs) (laughs) so you've got to start investing if you want your money to grow you have to invest in cash flowing assets to provide an income now i did a post about this and people probably didn't like it passive income and financial freedom it's just used willy-nilly it's just everyone just uses those terms like it's nothing the only real passive income and even that is leveraged income, but let's just call it passive income for the sake of this. It's only when you have, when it's only in the stock market or real estate hmm. and some business ventures. It's used so really nitty passive income. Do you get that? Everyone talks about passive let's income. Talk about it's it. a new thing. Reoccurring revenue, maybe is a better word. Reoccurring revenue, money that keeps coming, or you can get money from over and over again. It's probably my preferred yeah. term, but yeah. yes. Passive income is definitely a term that people, because people want to know how to continue to grow their money. So I'm glad. Everyone wants it. Yeah, everyone wants it. And if everyone, I, I, one of the things you said, I'm going to backtrack a little bit, is because you said you've got to keep saving. And I think in saving for something, and, and I think that one of the things I like to do is be motivated to save. It's the same, but it's not actually saving. It's actually losing, be motivated to lose. When you're on a diet and you, you have a holiday and suddenly you go to, you like oh my days I've got a holiday in six months how fast can you lose that weight <laughs> but it's the same <laughs> but, yeah but look you're like I'm at the gym mate. I know exactly what I'm doing but if you don't have an end goal in mind it's really hard to know how to push those pounds off it's have something to look forward to and I guess it's the same with money from what you just said is that in, have something to look forward to and use that to to keep you motivated in having this pot because you're going to leave exactly it's going to be it's going to be moved to somewhere else it's the whole flow of it but I like that you have that idea and then investments you said passive income means investments like houses so real estate I don't have it says that what do you know that is it one percent of ethnic minorities actually have um stock um money in the stock market percent is that the stat that's yeah, that, wild that's that so is, sad that is so sad that's why your role is extremely important because yeah. I know I don't have any stocks one for fear I'm gonna be quite honest fear I do have other investments so I've got houses and things like that I have reoccurring revenue option opportunities as well through courses and memberships and books and things like that but actually when it comes to stocks no one educates us about that in schools no one 
So I just, and I worked in a bank, okay, in HR. So it's not quite the same as yourself. I would say, and all I see is there's a big risk associated with it. There's a risk that you can put your money in and you may not get that money back. And that is genuine fear. I don't want to lose my money. So tell me how you overcome that. What is, and not only overcome it, what is there out there? What, I, I, tell me about stock market. I have no clue. So I'm guessing there may be people who are just like as clueless as me. <laughs> so the first thing is, that's a massive myth. You are losing money every day that you don't invest because of inflation. If you understand inflation and you understand compounding, your whole outlook on money is going to change. So if you want to start investing, you want to start making your money grow, definitely look into those two things. It's going to change your whole mindset. So right now, inflation in the UK is over 8%. If your bank account does not provide you with 8% return, which 100% they don't, I'll tell you now, you're losing money. Every single day you're losing money. With inflation that high every seven years, you're losing so much money and it's purchasing power. So of course, you're still going to have the same amount of money in there. But what it buys you is completely different from now to even even a year ago. Like in the UK, it's just a while. The price has just gone, gone crazy. So you have to invest to make your money grow, to protect your money. So that's a complete myth that you're, you're going to lose all your money. The stock market goes up and down. It's like a cycle. I was talking to one of my clients every day, and I really like how I explained it to her. So I'm just going to explain it to you guys exactly the same way. If the stock market is literally like, like when it's hot, it has to rain. Same with the stock market. When it goes high and it has to cl- it has to collapse, it has to come down. It's a cycle. It's an economic cycle that goes up and down and all over the place. But there are ways that you can manage risk. So of course you need to know your risk appetite when you're investing. But I really like index funds. If you are new to investing, I talk a lot about index funds. Whether you're new, whether you're an established investor, index funds are amazing. They're low cost, they're low risk. Index funds are like a basket of stocks. <laughs> so it's an index fund basically is a fund, it's a collect a basket of stocks that mirrors an index. So an index is something like the FTSE 100. Everyone's heard about the FTSE 100, right? The, the biggest one, biggest companies in the UK. Um, they're actually, yeah. And then you've got the S&P 500, biggest five, the 500 biggest companies in the US. They're two of my favorite indexes. So a fund will track an index like that. And there's so many amazing things. If I start talking about it, I, I don't know how I'm going to stop it. They're just incredible. They're low risk. They're low cost. Anyone can start investing in them. Real estate's obviously great, but I talk about REIT, the Real Estate Investment Trust, which you can get like a, a little piece of the commercial real estate side of things if you want to do that just by investing in a REIT. It's going to take you some time to get into real estate. Like I know you said you've got houses, right? But it takes some time, right, to build your deposit. And to, it's not something that you can do overnight, whereas you can start investing in the stock market tomorrow. You can start investing with like such low amounts these days, even like one pound in some cases. So yeah, I'll definitely look into index funds. They're, they do really well. There's this whole debate about active investing and passive investing. So an index fund is a form of passive investing. There's not much to it. You just, it, it, you're just investing in the fund. You don't, and you just keep it long term. 
building wealth is really boring. It's not, you meet people and they're talking about Apple shares and I love Apple and you can get exposure to Apple in an index fund, which will be much more safe because it's with lots and lots of different stocks as opposed to buying it alone and then worrying about selling it. Don't try and time the market, I would say. Just invest in index funds, have a long-term mindset and you, you can't go wrong. I love that. Definitely need to learn more. And I'm guessing we're going to have to follow you for that. But before I do, I really want to know just the final bit about you as a person. So tell me more about you as a person. What you do is awesome, but I want to know about you. Tell okay, me. so I thought you might ask this and I was just thinking how I would answer it. So I, really lucky, I went into investment management straight. I, w- I studied economics and I went to law school and then I did full circle and got a, my career was in investment management and I was literally amongst people that probably weren't ever that close in proximity to a brown person or colored person before I pronounced my name what they couldn't pronounce my name I just felt so out of place like so out of place but I just realized that look I want to I did really well. And then my whole thing is now I want to help other people like me because wealth doesn't need to be like stereotypical. Mm-hmm. Rich person. It can be anyone. Anyone can do it if you learn how money works. So. But you wanna you wanna know about me. What do you what can I say about me? Um tell me, what can I say about me? <laughs> I'm not very good at answering this question. No, that's okay, because you're good at what you're good at about your, your passion. We know your name. We know that you <laughs> in university. Do you have any other backstory? You said that your family worked hard. Where did they come from? Where tell us how you became to be making the decisions that you're making to be the successful version of yourself that you are we have in front of us. I think there's there's two two sides of it. Um two sides that I could answer that question and I'll answer say them both. So one, my parents are from Pakistan. They both came in when they were really young, but they still very cultural. I knew from a very young age that I wanted a bit of a different life <laughs> than probably I would have gone in. And I knew education was the way out for me towards the life that I wanted. So I made that happen. And I just want to help other people do the same and understand how money can be that tool for you to get to where you want and live the life that you want to live gives you that independence to just be the person that you want to be and then the second thing is that I see way too many women in bad situations in bad relationships because of money they're dependent in some way because of money and that just it is really sad so I was in a really long relationship and I wasn't tied down because of finances but I was definitely Finances were definitely a burden in that case for, for me, on, on me. And I think it's really important to know how to protect yourself and be able to get out of a bad situation. And you were able to do that? Yeah, I did, yeah. Oh, I think we need to have a part two to explore more about that. So we'll have to invite <laughs> you to how do you get... Because there may be women out there who have experienced that and want to get out and create the life of success that you lead so we'll definitely have to have a part two but we are now 
coming to the point where, first of all, there was something you mentioned, which was tracker. Do you have a lead magnet, a way of getting access to said tracker? Do you have a way of purchasing this tracker? Do you have anything that we can start ourselves off with? Yeah, so I'm currently working on a way for you guys to track to track your expenses and to budget effectively because everyone throws out the word budget and everyone wants a budget and probably everyone's got one, but not that many people stick to it. I'm working on something to something that will help you with both those things. So definitely stay tuned for that. I'll keep you updated. Exciting. So tell me now then, how can we follow you? So below here, what's going to happen next is we're going to have all the ways that we can follow you. So tell us, where are you found? So my main platform is LinkedIn, just my name, Sadia Ali. And then on Instagram, my handle is Wealth with Sadia. Nice. Instagram wealth is stadia. We're going to get all the handles down below. Please do go and follow. We all need to learn more about money. I am still learning. I, this, I've got some amazing nuggets out, but I want to just say thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so delighted that you're here. I've learned a ton. I know those who are listening have learned loads as well, and I'm going to continue to follow you to keep learning. Now, I also want to remind those who are watching, Continue to tap into Superwomen Can because I have got an amazing, another amazing person coming up on the next episode. So look out. Thank you so much, Sadi Ali, for being here. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's been so nice talking to you.